Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, this is Mike Brake, the lead pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. Just want to say thank you so much for stopping by the podcast today. I hope you feel encouraged and I hope you feel inspired today to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Some of you guys are like, wait, 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 wait. I was born and raised. I didn't come in. All right. So what about me? I want to know. We'll switch it just a little bit. When you have somebody come and visit, where do you like to take them? for their first taste of New Mexican food, all right? So lifers, where do you like to take people? When you first came here, what was it? So just shout it out, I wanna wanna hear. Okay, De Colores, I heard Gabriel's, what was that? Pajarito Grill, okay. I can't even, what, what? I don't even know what that is, where's that at? Oh, way back. Okay, so, okay. Oh, fantastic. All right. What's that? Violas. Oh, yeah. Anybody violas? Come on now. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Hill Diner. Oh, that was back in the day. That was back in the day. Anybody else? I don't want to leave them out. Huh? Rancho J. Chichamayo, El Parasol. So there's some some good ones. Um, Gabriel's is one that I, I usually go to. Now, I remember uh, the first one. I was an intern here, and it was actually a, a, a little place inside the Santa Fe Mall on the north side. And I don't know if that place is still there. It's probably not. Um, but I remember sitting there. I ate the food. It was okay. But then they, they, they brought out later this thing of bread and then this plastic tub of honey. And I'm like, what is this? is heaven, right? <laughs> Sopapillas. I did not even know what that, that was. But um, fa- fantastic. Well, w- w- um, I also, well, I'll, I'll share this too. My brother-in-law, he's a foodie and loves food, loves food, loves food. And we had told him the question in New Mexico is red or green. You're going to order New Mexican food, red or green. You know this. And so even if you have someone come in, you kind of prep them for this. And so we go to Central Avenue Grill, which doesn't exist anymore, but back in the day, and we're there. And he had been prepping the whole time on this red or green. He was excited. But then he orders fajitas. All right. So the, the people from New Mexico, we know. That's the one thing of New Mexican food. When you order it, you, ain't, you don't got a choice. You, there's no red or green. And so he said, I want uh, like I, chicken fajitas and uh, green chili. And she said, well, we don't serve chili with the fajita. And to his credit, he was like, well, can I still have some? I'm from out. She would not let him have it. I was like, what's going on? But um, that's my brother-in-law, so we always make fun of him. He's a, he's a Cubs fan. I'm a Cardinals fan, so he, he deserves it anyway. But um, anyway, um, how do we, today's question, the number six most asked question, how do I accept God's blessings when I feel like I don't deserve them, was the question that was asked. And so today's really uh, probably not for the narcissist. If you're a narcissist in the room, uh, you probably don't struggle with this one so much. Um, but I know for a lot of us that, that we do the easy answer. Okay. I just give you the easy answer. It's, uh, you don't deserve it. (laughs) Um, to know that I don't deserve God's blessings. So you just receive it. 
But for most of us, that's not why we're asking the question. It's more how, how. How do, how do I receive these things? Um, and I'll try to break that, break that down. But I want to ask you first, why, why do we struggle with this? So again, just as, this is the question and answer portion of this that I, that I envision in my head. Why do we struggle? Why do we feel like we don't deserve God's blessings? Okay, so uh, for those who are online, because they can't hear the mic, I just they try to put God in human form. Like we try to, this is how it works on earth, <laughs> in a sense, and so we try to put God in that. Okay, why else? Why don't we feel like we don't deserve it? Not good enough? Okay, you know you. We still sin. All right, so I'm doing good, but... I still, I still fail. I still sin. Any other thoughts as to why? Why? You know, as I, as I was writing it down, things that I've said, things that I've done in, in the past, um, you know you. So it might not be say, things that you said or things that you did. Like, you know what goes on in your brain. There's some dark stuff. Like everybody has a has a dark side. You got some really dark thoughts that go on. You're like, ugh. I mean, if if, if we if we really get get into it now, <laughs> um, if you knew me, if you knew me like I knew me, there would be no one in this room right now. And, and we have that play out in our lives. As, as James said, it's how the, the world works. And in many ways, it's, like, it's not a bad thing. Like, you get what you deserve. Like, I worked hard. I earned the promotion. I, I dieted. I, I, I worked out. And I got what I deserve, right? We, we, we have these things instilled in us, but, all, but that's not quite how... It works on the spiritual equation. I'm going to turn just this way just a, a, a little bit just to get around. We've experienced rejection. Like as I have, as I've worked through this this past week and trying to go through this, I'm like, oh, oh. We, why don't I feel like I deserve God's blessings? Quite honestly, for a lot of us, we would have to do a lot of deep work with a, a, a counselor or a therapist to figure out what, what is going on on the inside as to why I feel inferior. Why, why do I feel like I'm always on the, not quite on the in crowd? And I'm just trying to prove myself. Like, I just want to be in. I just want to be liked. I want to be respected. I want to make a difference, but I don't quite fit right. And it, you know, it could trigger trigger from some childhood, early childhood memories with your mom or your dad. It could be some second grader that called you fat. 
like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not trying to make light of anything, but I, as I got to think about it, I'm like, there's some deep work here if I'm going to sit down as to why don't I feel like I deserve it, what's going on? Why do I feel like I'm less than? Why do I feel like I'm inferior? I would encourage you to really ask that question. You, there's no way to answer it here right now. I, I mean, I guess there is, but I think it's a little bit deeper there. There's some, some insecurity there. I, I met one time at, at a, a prison here in Los Alamos. Um, right after the service on Sundays, I don't know if it's still now, but back then it was, you could go visit somebody, visitation was Sundays, uh, Sunday afternoon. And so um, I had a friend that was in jail and I went to go visit him. And I remember when I went to go visit him, he, he came in and um, he's in, he's in the, the prison clothes and he couldn't look at me. And I'm, I'm his friend. And the whole, we had a conversation, but the whole time um, really would, wouldn't look at me. And I remember one of the things he said, he's just like, Mike, I, I don't know why God would want anything to ever do with me. There's so much discouragement wrapped up in this question. When you guys ask these questions, I don't know who asked them. They're anonymous. And so part of the way I prep is just to try to embrace it. Like, what's, what's going on? So I just know there's a lot of discouragement that's lying behind this. And I want to dig in. you got to go to a dark place sometimes, an unhappy place, to find out what's going on, if I can get to the root. Some of us, we, we struggle with this because we just don't know God. We have a bad concept of God. Some of us, maybe we grew up with this concept of God. I call him bad cop God. Bad cop God is waiting for you to screw up so he can punish you, so he can get you. And so we grew up with bad cop God, and we were afraid of God. And we, like, you know, and so we got, we ran from that God, which that God does not exist in the Bible. So if you ran from him, good. I'm going to try to introduce you to who God is today. But we grew up with that version. And so we're like, I don't feel like I deserve God's blessing because I'm just guilty. I'm guilty all the time. Guilt God, bad cop God, he's coming to get you. All right, now let's talk about this. What are God's blessings? What are we even shooting for? Forgiveness, Forgiveness? okay, what else? What are we, what, how do I receive God's blessings? I don't even know what I'm shooting for. What else? Grace, peace, hot water, okay. Love? Nothing? Okay. <laughs> you know, we, we sung about it, and I, I think it's, it's all of those things. I mean, favor, wisdom, protection, forgiveness, abundance, ability, grace, joy, freedom, peace. A big one that I think of, his presence. Like we know God is here, God is with us, but I want to feel him. I, w- I want to know that he's in the night. Now, the, the, what I call boyfriend God, where I feel God all the time, he's, he, that God doesn't exist either. God doesn't, he's always with you, don't get me wrong. He's omnipresent, but you're not always promised that you're going to feel him. Sometimes he feels distant. You're like, where are you, God? I need you. And we want that. We want that, that close presence. Numbers chapter 6 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron 
and his sons. This is what God says. Tell Aaron and his sons, the priest, to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you peace. And whenever his son, Aaron and his sons bless the people in Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. Now, let's, let's take a little twist on this. For clarity, and this is up on the screen here because I just wanted to read this. It doesn't mean that life is void of trials. That nothing tough ever ha happens. There are definitely times of trial and challenges, but with the blessing of the Lord upon us, we have strength, endurance, favor, even in tough times. Have you ever had a blessing in disguise? The twist. The thing that I would never wish upon someone else that I didn't want, that I didn't want to endure or go through, but God built character in me and I grew. And now I wouldn't remove it from me because it made me who I am. God can work a blessing even in the pain, even in the negative. And I want to I get us there today. How do I receive God's blessing even though I don't feel like it? How can I receive it when the circumstances don't seem to be lining up my way? What's at stake today is trajectory, is direction, purpose. When you leave here, what's the direction you're going to take on, on fulfilling your purpose in life? I don't know how God could ever want anything to do with me. Or Joseph. Joseph in the Bible said, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. Do you see the trajectory of where God has a purpose for you? He wants to bless you, okay? But I need you. Here's, we're going to work. God is for you. So if you are against you, you're against God. If you are against you, you will never fully fulfill all the purposes that he has for you. So you got to be for you. I got to do this every week, okay? Every week. I'm up here talking. How do I get this? Why am I allowed to preach? Because I know me. I don't deserve to be here. But I'm also called. This is my purpose. This is my calling. I'm going to step forward in that I got this challenge every single week. So I'm going I'm to give you some things uh, today that help with that. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 2. I want to I talk about a very famous uh, miracle that Jesus did. Um, this doesn't always, like, at first, this isn't going to line up. You're going to be like, what does this have to do with receiving God's blessing? I hope to get us there because in some way, I feel like as God's been speaking this to me, um, I think it, in a way, kind of almost has everything to do with receiving God's blessings today. So this is uh, John chapter 2, verse 1. And, and uh, Jesus is going to a wedding, all right? And most of you, you probably know this miracle, but we're going to break it down today because it's, um, I'm going to sift some things out of here, lift some things out of here. It says, the next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus's mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. 
And he says, dear woman, which if you break it down into the Greek, it's a, it's a term of endearment. He's not saying anything mean to his mom. We Just in our American Western church, it doesn't, doesn't quite sound right. But uh, in that culture, he's okay. That's not our problem, Jesus replied. And he, and he says, my time has not yet come. Jesus knew right, right away, I'm, I'm on a divine appointment. He, he knew who he was, and he had a divine uh, timing and setting. And he, so he, he's like, my hour hasn't come. He knows that's coming later. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Now, um, we could just stop right there, and I could say, just do whatever Jesus tells you to do. I mean, that's actually what we, our mission statement, help people take the next step in their relationship with Jesus together. Do what he tells you to do. Can you do that? Can I do that? If he calls you to go to the welcome party, go to the welcome party. If he tells you to, to serve, serve. If he, if he tells you to get baptized, get baptized. Like, just do what he tells you to do. That's like the anthem of this church. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Highlight that because we're going to come back to that one later. Very important. John gives us a clue. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, uh, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremony. So the servants followed his instructions. Look at these guys. They're doing what he said to do. When the master of the ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew. See, the, the ones who, who did what Jesus told them to do, they, they knew. The obedient ones, they knew what God was doing. They, they saw him in action. We, we know. I love that. I love that. The, the ones who served him, they knew. They knew what was up. And he called the bride and groom over. And a host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then everyone has a lot to drink, and he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. So he knows. He's like, hey, you saved the box wine till later. All right? This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Now, contrary to what some of you might think, this is not a, a, a miracle so that we can go get loaded on wine later. All right? Jesus, the bartender, it's, it's okay. Now, um, that's for those on the, on the liberal side. For those who, I, I've, I've met people like, well, there wasn't any alcohol in, in the wine. Um, and so the very hardcore on the other side of like, you can't drink. I, you're going to have a, a tough time um, dealing with this passage. This is not really about, can I drink alcohol or not? All right. That's not the point. He, he, he says, John says, this was a sign. Okay. He says, this was the first sign. So, so John is counting for us signs. If we're a good reader of story, as we read through this, we're like, this, this is a sign. It's pointing to something, okay? It's pointing to something more, that Jesus is more than a, a winemaker. There's something bigger at stake here. John doesn't, he doesn't mince words. He, he's, he's very particular, and he gives us some clues. So let's look at some of these clues. 
And I got this from a pastor, Mark, uh, Mark Clark, who kind of helped point some of these things out to me that really resonated with me on some of these clues. So I want to I um, um, credit him, but I want to point some of these out. Clue number one is it says there were six stone water jars, six. Okay, now for Jewish culture, seven, seven was, a, uh, was an important number. It, it meant completeness. It meant wholeness. It was complete. So six, one short of seven, was it was incomplete. You had, you had seven days of creation. God rested on the seventh day. You see seven a lot. When you see that seven, typically it, it resonated with some sort of completeness. All right, so you got six. It's, it's incomplete. What were these six stone jars used for? Well, it tells us. Jewish ceremonial washing. So they had in the Old Testament, in the law, in the sacrificial system, they would go and they would wash their hands. You touch something unclean, you wash your hands. And so they had these, these jars set up to, to, to do this. And it was not only for physical cleanliness, but it, there was a spiritual tie-in that they had these rituals, and that's what they would do. Clue number two. Now, the master of the ceremonies tastes the wine, makes the statement, and he says, this isn't, this isn't um, a throwaway line. It's like the theological uh, piece to pull out of this. He says, you have kept the best until now. Six stone jars of water representing the incompleteness of the Old Testament law. It was good. It had its purposes in their sacrifice when you read it, but it was never going to save you, was never meant to save you. Jesus enters the scene to say, I am the one to fulfill everything you read in the Old Testament. I'm going to make everything complete. And so he's coming into the scene and saying, the best has arrived. New wine time. Old stale water of religion, of works, of ritual, is being replaced with the new wine of relationship and grace. This was not just, oh, Jesus came and he turned the water into wine and he's such a cool dude and now we can have the party and they saved the wedding and no one's embarrassed. No, he is like a revolution starting here. A brand new day is dawning here. You're like, okay, well, what? What's this have to do with receiving God's blessing? Because we have this version in Christianity. And it's, it's the difference between getting and receiving. See, many of us think I have to, in order to receive God's blessings, I have to do something to earn it. We may not say that, but how we think and how we live. Uh, hey, Pastor Mike, I haven't been to church in, in a long time. I'm so sorry. I just, you know, I feel so far from God right now because 
I haven't been, you know, I haven't read my Bible. And those are good things. But it comes out where we feel like in order to be in God's favor and his blessing, I have to do these things. And if I'm not doing these things, then I don't deserve his blessings. It's getting versus receiving. And Jesus comes on the scene and announces religion's dead. Religion is is dead. You don't have to work for it anymore. If you continue reading in chapter 2, he goes after the ultimate Jewish religious symbol, the temple. And he comes in and he clears house. And he says, this thing's going down. To which they're like, who are you and how can you say that? And he says, I'm going to, I'm going to, this, the temple is my body. Only they didn't know what he's talking about. But he said, the temple is going to crash in three days and I'll build it back up. It's a new day, baby. Maybe, just maybe, when you came in here today and we're going to hear, you know, we're going to go to church today. I just want to submit to you that maybe Jesus is up to more than a little bit than what you and I give him credit for. That he wants to revolutionize something in your life and my life today. And it, it, it has to deal with this idea of works. That's, that can, it blew their mind. That I hope maybe blows our mind and our concept of how we view God. He's inter- This whole idea of unconditional love, unconditional grace. This is nothing that our world offers, by the way. Okay? Our world does not offer this. Even if you're here and you're a skeptic or you're an atheist. You still, you still feel like, I work hard. I deserve some level of comfort. I've, 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 I've achieved or something, and so I, I'm not Hitler. I'm a good person, so I should make it in heaven, right? And Jesus said, that has not how the kingdom works. This is, uh, we still struggle with this 2,000 years later of, of, of ritual and religion versus unconditional love, grace, and relationship with God. And this is what he wants for you. And this is what he's, he's, he's doing this miracle, but he says it's a sign to something more. And to tra- 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 I said it's up to trajectory, right? The, the direction that you're going to go. What you get in a religious system is that I must work to earn God's love. Tim Keller, he writes it like this. He says, in religion, I obey, therefore I am accepted. In the gospel, I am accepted, therefore I obey. In religion, motivation is based on fear and insecurity. In the gospel, motivation is based on grateful joy. In religion, I obey God in order to get things from God. In the gospel, I obey God to get God, to delight and resemble him. In religion, when circumstances in my life go wrong, I'm angry at God or myself, since I believe, like Job's friends, that anyone who is good deserves a comfortable life. In the gospel, when circumstances in my life go wrong, I struggle 
But I know that while God may allow this for my training, he will exercise his fatherly love within my trial. In religion, when I'm criticized, anyone been criticized lately? Make a post on social media? I'm furious or devastated because it's essential for me to think of myself as a good person. I'm a good person. Threats to that self-image must be destroyed at all costs. But in the gospel, when I'm criticized, I struggle, but it is not essential for me to think of myself as a good person. My, my identity is not built on performance, but on God's love for me in Christ. In religion, my prayer life consists largely of petition and only heats up when I am in need. My main purpose in prayer is to control my circumstances. But in the gospel, my prayer life consists of generous stretches of praise and adoration. And my main purpose is fellowship with him. I love that. I obey. I obey to get God, to get more of Jesus, to build that relationship with him. So how? Still haven't answered how. Jesus came to just destroy this construct of how this world works and how, how many of us think I have to perform and achieve and do in order for God to love me, in order to receive his blessing. How do I receive the blessing? How do you receive any gift that you are given? Open hands. It's going to be hard for God to give you a blessing and receive it with a closed fist. So I want to know where do you have a closed fist? Because all of us have areas. Here, 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 here you go. Nope, nope, nope. You can't have that. Okay, I, I, uh, we struggle with our money. Here, I mean, I, I can say all I want. I'm generous, but God knows your heart. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Your kids. I mean, you love them. I, I'm not questioning your love for them, and you have responsibility for them, but like, uh, I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I can trust you, God. I've been hurt. That's another one. Here's, here's here, the pain. This hurts. The uncertainty, the future. Where, where do you have a closed fist with God? Because he, he wants open hands. Okay, God, what, what do you want? Where do you call me to go? It's all your, everything I have is yours. You, you gave it to me. Let's go. 
Open hands. Time. Time. Oh, oh, oh. That's my weekend. It's my vacation days. That's my time. Very valuable. Do you trust him? My energy. That's going to take a lot of work to do what you're calling me to do. Ah. Closed hands or open hands with God. You're going to have a hard time receiving those blessings. I'm going to tell you, if you're struggling with the one with the negative, the bad, I want to to challenge you, live in your insecurities. Live in your insecurities. We all have them. I'm here today. Like I said, I'm like, I don't deserve to be here. And I don't put myself on, on any of the, like, oh, here's the greats in the Bible. But like David, David, he gets this great blessing. He's like, who am I? And my family, that we get to be here. He's, but they lived through it. Moses leads the nation of Israel. He had murdered people. Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, had murdered people, had, had persecuted Christians. Who was he to write the New Testament? Those are the people you love to follow. The ones who are like, I'm insecure. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I don't have it all together, but yet they still follow God. So join them. Join in and live in your insecurities. Own it. I'm weak. I don't know what I'm doing. I can't, but God can, and I'm going to follow him in his strength, not mine. Open hands. Open hands. I obey because I love him. Why all the rules? I get that asked when I was a youth pastor. Why are all these rules? Why, the, why do I got to do this? Why does God want me to read the Bible, go to church, and all these sort of stuff? And, you know, there's freedom from that. Why do I go to church? I love you guys, but more than I love you, I love God. And he said, and he, this is his house. He says, I'm going to show up through his people. I want more God. Why do I read my Bible? To check it off the list? No, I want more God. Why do I do anything that God calls me to do? Why would I give my money? I want more God. I obey because I love him. He's my best friend. And that's what he wants is that relationship. Second thing, open hand, open mind. Open mind. Anyone got the time? I don't have it. That's one thing I've lost. Sorry, everybody's like, hmm. Huh? 57. All right, I'm going to wrap this up. There is in this a lot of lies that we have to remove. We have, we have so many lies that, that have, there's too much time uh, today to, to try to, to do this. Um, I, I need some help. I'm going to hand you some paper, and I'm going to give you a few sheets. What I want everybody to do, well, as I talk, we're going to work through this, all right? You, all I want you to do is on this piece of paper... Tear off a one inch by one inch section and then pass the rest of the paper to, to the people next. One inch by one inch. One inch by one inch. All right, so just kind of pass it down the row. All right, very small. It's going to be very small. You're going to lose it, and that's kind of part of the point. Okay, so I'm going to hand it here. Just, just take it, and if there's leftover, you can just throw it in the trash later. Okay, a one inch by one inch. If you have a pen, you can get it out. All right, this is an all skate. Everybody do it. Humor me. All right, one inch by one inch. Okay, what I want you to do, if you have a pen, you can do this now. If you uh, don't have a pen, you can do this later. It's real simple. You're going to remember this. If you're online, get you a, get a one-inch 
by one inch piece of paper, just, just tear it. We have so many lies. We have so many lies that are built up. And yes, go to church. Yes, read your Bible. See what God has to say about the issue. Learn the truth. But I also know in my life, I have people around me. And there are people who, not everybody gives out the same energy. You know this. There are vampire energy suckers around you, and they just drain you. Don't point. That's, that's rude. All right. But you know there's other people that give you life, that there are people that push you. They might even challenge you, but they move you in the right direction. There are people who, who you value that if they said something, you would change. You would work on some certain things. So I want to know on this piece of paper, I want you to write down who has a say. Who has a say in your life? And it better fit on this piece of paper. Because you're like, I, I got, no, there's a lot of people that have a say. Not everybody gets a say. I want you to identify who has a say in your life. Don't put God, okay? God, Jesus, he's, he's in there, all right? It's, it's, it's in there. If Jesus says something, I know, it's Sunday school or whatever. It's, it's good. It's going. And this might become very tense and real personal because right now, maybe in this season, maybe your spouse has a say, but when, when you're talking about living out God's purposes in your life right now, they, they, may, not, they may not make the list right now. Because they're not moving you in the direction that you, that you need to go. What I'm saying is you have a, the way you live your life, it's a team of people. And the people who you are closest to, they're going to help you get in the direction that you want to go. When I work with teenagers at the high school, I said, hey, show me your five closest friends right now. And I will show you where you're going to be in one year. It's, just, it's true for adults. Who has a say in your life? My kids, my wife, mom, dad. Is there anybody else on there that if they said something and spoke to you, even if it was challenging, that you might, yeah, okay, I'm going to have to work on that. I'm going to have to move. They have a say over me. And then, okay, I keep this on my desk. So when the energy vampires come, or someone says something that stings a little bit. I pull out my list. They ain't on the list. So they don't have a say. I love them. I love them. But they don't have a say. We have lies in our head that, that get compounded from what people say to us. And they don't have a say. We let people have a say and they don't. This is why I want you to get in a connect group. Those people may not have a say in your life, but they're on the same path and the same trajectory to say, I'm insecure, I don't have it all together, but I'm trying my best and I want to go. That's why I would say get in a group. 
text group to 505-278-7556. I know it's weird, but do it, and then you'll get a link, and you can sign up. I want us moving in the right direction, but we got to remove some of these lies, and you got to see who's on your team, who's working for you, who's working against you. Last thing, I heard someone say it, open heart. Open hands, open mind, open heart. Jesus said, fill it to the brim. Fill it up. I'm going to transform whatever you put in there, so put it up. Give me everything you got. Fill me up so then I can overflow. I don't want you running on empty. These things had 20 to 30 gallons in each thing, six of them. That's, that's 900 bottles of wine. If I showed up here with 900 bottles of wine, I'd be fired probably. Like, what is he doing? It was more than this party needed. And I think that's part of the message and the sign. That grace, the grace of God, not only gets you through today, it's more than enough to get you to your li- into your life and beyond. The, you only needed about 40 bottles. I got 900. Let's go. New wine time, a relationship with God, the creator. Religion's dead. A relationship is all he wants. Do you have to earn it? What do I got to do to receive God's blessings? Nothing. Receive it. Open, heart, open hand. God, whatever, whatever you want from me, I'll do it. I love you. Open mind. I got I to gotta remove the lies. Accept the truth. Open heart. I'll, get, I'll give you everything. Fill me up. Fill me up. Ha, ha, ha. Last question, why are we blessed? Because he loves us. But, huh? We are his children, yes. But I want to go one more beyond that. He blessed us because he loves us, but why? Why did he fill us up to the brim so we can overflow to others? Bless others. It's not about you. I have an open heart because when God blesses me, it's to bless other people. If you stop now, the trajectory, what's at stake? The trajectory, the direction. If you stop now, if you stop now, if you stop now, if you stop now, you will never fulfill what God has intended for you. And that is to communicate his love to the other people around you. This is so important that we get this. And I know it's hard because it is a daily battle. Put on the armor of God every single day. You start with the belt of truth, your core. Truth. And we go and live it out. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.